Welcome to Disrupting Obesity. I'm Charlotte Skeins, and I'll be sharing ways to regain control over your body and lose an extreme amount of weight naturally. Being fat is about so much more than just the food. It's about your relationship with food. That means that dealing with your weight is about more than just the food too. You have to change that relationship. You have to start disrupting obesity. There's this theory that we all have a love map. It's a really cool concept that explains a lot about how you make decisions both consciously and unconsciously when it comes to romance and sex. We watch the adults in our world interacting when we're kids. We watch the way they love each other, and it forms a map in our brains, a pathway to love. This is a massive oversimplification, but that's the basic idea. Well, I think we all have food maps too, pathways in our brains to food. They're based on the experiences with food we had when we were kids. Were you praised for clearing your plate, rewarded with junk food, handed ice cream when you had a bad day? These are oversimplifications too, but I think you probably get the idea. In this episode, I want to talk about food maps and what you can do to rewire yours. Because if you're going to change your relationship with food, you're going to need to work on your food map. You've got to change the path to food in your brain. Your food map is the wiring that lies behind all those choices you think you don't think about. It's how you end up beside the fridge with peanut butter on a spoon. It's the reason you feel guilty if you don't eat everything that's put in front of you or that you eat as much as you can as fast as you can. Eating in the morning feels like the right thing to do because it's what you've been told by everyone your whole life. Eating at night might feel a little bit forbidden and you like that. Or you've conditioned yourself to feeling guilty about what you eat and eating at night makes you feel guilty. The things you've always believed about food are very powerful forces when it comes to what you choose to eat now. You turn to foods you know and like again and again because you know and like them, even if you also know they aren't good for you. Sometimes you don't even know why you keep making the same bad decisions again and again. Food map, that's why. The familiar feels comfortable. Comfortable feels good, so you let your emotion override your logic and you do it without thinking about it again and again. I like metaphors because they help me remember stuff. Since my time in the ICU, I've got some serious memory issues, so I need as much help as I can get. For love maps and food maps, I picture the farmhouse my dad grew up in, and then I can imagine the outhouse that used to be there off to the side. At one point, there was nothing but grass all the way between the two buildings, just a nice little lawn. But as the years go by, the steady paddle of feet wears a path between the farmhouse and the outhouse, back and forth, back and forth, until there's a well-beaten dirt path between them. The same thing happens to your brain as you watch the influential adults in your life when you're growing up. You watch the way that they interact, and your brain makes a love map, a map to what love is. I think that's probably why we say things like girls marry their fathers and boys marry their mothers. We've all got this love map thing, right? It isn't something that we think about. It isn't something most of us realize is there, but it's got a massive impact on our decision making, and everybody's got one. Well, I think it's pretty much the same deal with our food maps, too. The way you eat when you're a kid and the way you see the influential adults in your life eat, the commentary you hear and are given about food and bodies and eating and weight, all that stuff works together to wear a new path in your brain that you continue to follow until you start to wear a new one. Your food map is how you're wired, the ways you've programmed your brain to eat and enjoy food, the kind of relationship you have with food. When you do something over and over, you're wearing a pathway in your brain. 
I think this is why it's super hard to break these kinds of old habits because they're so deeply worn. Plus, I mean, imagine trying to regrow the grass on that path, but everybody still has to use the outhouse. That's what it's like trying to change your food map. You need to change the pattern, the path, the choices you're making. But at the same time, you have to keep eating. I guess it's also like trying to change the tires on a moving car, right? Wow. Changing your food map is probably a little easier than that, but I think it still illustrates all of this very nicely. Pathways become ruts. Your food map is all those food habits you have that you don't really think about. It's your patterns and reflex choices. You change them by seeing them and then wearing a different path to the same destination. But it's complicated because you can't stop eating. You have to do this on the fly. So you do it one choice, one pattern, one small change at a time. And just like you built out your food map the first time, you're going to do it again. Only this time, you're going to be aware of it as you build it. And that's going to make all the difference in the world. Like a lot of people, I come from a house with a clear your plate rule. But my house also had a very specific sub clause. If you asked for seconds, you had to eat them. All of them. No exceptions. So I conditioned myself to eat when I already felt full. This is really not a good thing. It's actually a pretty dangerous thing. I learned to ignore the signals I was getting from my body and my brain and push through. Keep eating. It created a new level for my satisfaction with food and not in a good way. I was training myself to only feel full, to feel satisfied when I was overfull and when I'd pushed past my body's cues that I'd had enough. It's a problem, but I undid it, and so can you. I want to be clear, though. It's my problem. Yeah, I had to eat my seconds, but I don't blame my parents. They were doing the best they could with the information they had at the time. Which is just like what Sean and I are doing with our boys now. Just the best we can with the information, experience, and advice that we have at hand. We don't have a clear your plate rule or a finish your second subclause. But I can see where my parents were coming from. And I know they were doing what they thought was best. Plus, I was a pretty lazy kid who would rather lie on the floor and watch TV or read a book in my hammock than go play soccer or anything sports-related. I hated exercise. I did as little of it as I could possibly get away with. I snuck food. I spent my high school years and well beyond eating as much fast food as I could get a hold of. And I'm the one who needs to take ownership of all that. I mean, I can lay it at somebody else's feet, but I'm not sure how far that's going to get me or where it'll take me. I wasn't ever really like an obese kid. I was overweight by mid-80s standards, but not obese. Like, Heavy set, big boned, it was baby fat. If I'd been a boy in the 50s, I would have been husky. There weren't any obese kids in my grade. So I was mostly heavy, I think, by comparison. I wasn't having any health issues. And the fact that I sucked in gym class was at least as much about how uncoordinated I was as it was about my weight. There were other kids my size who did just fine in phys ed and played on school teams and stuff. But I didn't like exercise. I still don't. I'm still massively uncoordinated. I also have no stamina, and I hate playing sports. I still suck at them, all of them. So there's all of that too. Blaming the people who helped build your food map isn't going to get you very far. Blaming them for then only leads to blaming yourself for now. And that's fine. I'm all for accountability, but it needs to be tempered when it comes to assigning blame all over the place, because this isn't about blame. It's about getting things done and moving forward. I mean, it's fine to blame someone, even yourself, 
but what's next? What are you going to do? Staying stuck in blame is leaving out the third A of the 3A way. And if that's unfamiliar to you, um, episode 12 is all about it. Awareness, acknowledgement, accountability. The 3A way is one of the first things I teach my clients so they can start getting a handle on their relationship with food. So if you're caught up in blame and that's where you're sitting, you've got the first A sorted because you're aware that there's an issue. You're acknowledging it with the blame. You're blaming your parents or blaming your high school coach or the kids who made fun of you or you're blaming yourself for your choices and patterns and your size. And all of that's fine, but you're stuck on the second day. And you can't move forward without the third. Awareness and acknowledgement are awesome and they're essential, but accountability is where you actually get the shit done. It's where you move forward. Blame rarely leads to anyone actually doing anything, just a lot of sitting and feeling, both of which are totally fine, but you're moving forward. We're not looking back anymore. So let's find those food map issues, address them, and let them go. Let's figure out what to do now. You can blame your parents or anybody else all day, and it may very well be their fault that you're fat. Fine, but whose fault is it now? If it even has to be somebody's fault, and I don't think it does, I truly believe it doesn't matter whose fault it is. It is what it is. And I know that sucks to hear, but it's the truth. You weigh what you weigh. So let's deal with it. Feeling bad for and about yourself isn't likely going to motivate you to lose weight or to stick with it. It's great to understand how you got here and to blame or forgive or whatever you need to do to come to terms with it and overcome it. But there is no backward. There's only forward. Find it, address it, let it go. What are you going to do about it now? You need to identify the patterns, up your awareness. Maybe you like to eat in bed at night when you're sad because your mom always curled up with you and a snack before bed and now it makes you feel better. Or maybe it's just that you've been doing it for so long that eating chocolate is a habit now. It's just something you do most days. Maybe you grew up in a house with more mouths than food, so you learned to eat as much as you could whenever food was available. Okay, you can see it. You can see the root of what's going on. That means you can choose not to do it. You can choose to change. Acknowledgement is naming the things that you find once you start looking. Yeah, but if you're looking at it, If you're aware of it, isn't that the same thing? No, it isn't. Here's why. It's way too easy, as in you do it all the time. It is super easy to go, oh, hey, look at that, and then look away as fast as you can and do your absolute best not to see the problem again, ever, all the time. It's not enough to see it. You have to think about it, figure out how it got here, and then decide what's next, if you want to change it or get rid of it. Once you've found the root issue and acknowledged it, you either incorporate it or you let it go. And those two things are pretty interchangeable. You incorporate it by saying, this is what made me who I am. So it is who I am. Or you let it go saying, okay, this is what made me who I am. And I'm at where I'm at. So I don't have time to think about it anymore. I can take away its power, the power that it has over me. And I can do that a little bit at a time. It's so important that you take a hard look at these kinds of food map issues, your beliefs about food, when you eat it, where you eat it, how you eat it. All these things are driving your subconscious food choice ship. When you don't know why you keep making the same bad decision over and over, 
food map. When you keep doing something you don't actually want to do, food map. When you don't know why you keep making the same shit choices, food map. The familiar feels comfortable, so you let motion override logic and you don't even think about it. If you've been doing something for as long as you can remember, that little phrase right there is as big a food map red flag as you are ever going to see. If it's something you've been doing for so long that you don't know how it started, you've got a habit. But more than that, you've got a path that's been worn in your brain of the belief that when X happens, you feel sad, bored, tired, joyful. When X happens, you do Y. Carb load, eat chocolate nonstop, order a pizza, whatever. When X happens, I do Y. That's a food map thing. When you can tie a pattern back to an event, like ever since X happened, I do Y, well, you've got it right there. Ever since we were inundated with lasagna after my dad died, 24 pounds in the first three days, Ever since then, I stuff myself with it whenever my grief overwhelms me. 24 pounds in three days. Okay, so we know precisely where Charlotte's lasagna issue started. We know exactly what sets me off, my own grief spiral. This awareness helps me see the lasagna issue with a lot more clarity. I know when I start to reach for it that what I'm actually doing is wanting to feel close to my dad. So instead of heating up the oven, I'll text a close friend who knew and loved him too. I'll go hug one of my boys. I'll put on a movie that we liked. I have a few different lasagna coping strategies I use, none of which actually involve eating lasagna. Food maps are very much a when X happens, I do Y thing. They're automatic behaviors. Once you see them, see the patterns, you can choose to change them slowly, little bits at a time. It will get easier as you go. All of this will, so long as you keep going. Keep trying. Keep tracking. Don't be intimidated and don't give up. You've totally got this. Thank you for listening to Disrupting Obesity. If you know it's time to take back control, lose the weight, and keep it off, reach out to me privately with a direct message on Instagram that says ready so you can start disrupting obesity. 